Hey, let's give a hand to all those that were a part of that. What a fun event. Isn't it a fun event? Man, you go and it's like, you know, wow, this is great. Uh, we got to see lots of horsepower uh, last night. Uh, lots of horsepower. Uh, I want to just stop uh, for a moment. Uh, one of the uh, people that uh, brings a lot of horsepower in our lives in this church, uh, Dave Carlson. Uh, Dave, uh, many of you know Dave. He's one of our elders. Uh, to those of you who are visitors, uh, Dave's just special to us. He's one of our leaders and uh, helps us get organized and, and leads well. He's a, uh, a very true shepherd to all of us, uh, helps us uh, uh, stay on the straight, straight and narrow, guides us in many, many different ways. And uh, last Saturday, uh, Dave, uh, well, uh, uh, he was uh, the unfortunate receiver of an accident on an ATV, and uh, he's been in the hospital for a week, uh, endured uh, several surgeries now. And uh, I just wanted to take an opportunity to pray for a special person uh, for our congregation who's a leader here. And uh, if you have uh, a desire to um, be in ministry with Dave and Nancy uh, as they uh, just take, take steps uh, to trying to figure out uh, what the next step is uh, for Dave and hopefully his recovery, um, please come and see me or come see Josh or, or one of the elders. Will you pray with me for that? Uh, gracious God, I thank you for who you are and all that you do, and uh, we are, we're hurting with Dave and Nancy and Andrew and uh, Jordan and Cassie and uh, the extended families, brothers and sisters and moms and dads. Uh, Father, we, uh, we hurt because we see Dave hurting. Uh, God, we just pray that, um, that, quite frankly, that you'd heal Dave. Uh, we would love one of those moments where you just come into the ICU and, uh, and touch Dave, and he gets up out of his hospital bed and, you know, and says, all right, I'm ready to go fishing. Uh, we, we love that. That's what we want. Uh, and, Father, we'd ask of it. Um, gracious God, we just pray that if that's not how it's going to happen, uh, please uh, strengthen us that we might be in ministry uh, to Nancy and Dave and the kids. Uh, help us to be the church to them in the, in the best way imaginable. Help Dave to continue to um, fight through the surgeries and help him to heal and, and, uh, and get well again. Um, gracious God, um, be with that family. Be with everyone who touches them. And help all of us in this situation, Father, find ways of extending our faith to those who are watching us watch Dave. Um, help our faith to be real in these moments. Help us to glorify you. And Father, uh, help others to notice. Uh, we love you. Be with Dave. Be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Unmodern family, we have been in this series. And, and it has been fun. Last week I told you that it was tenacious, that uh, you know, we have gone from what is marriage and, and why is it important and we got to stay together and, uh, and I've challenged husbands and wives and, and last week I challenged kids, right? Um, kids uh, are to obey their parents and, and for all of us, 9 to 90, we have to honor our parents and we talked through that and, and this morning I want to reach out one of the most exciting parts of what I get to do is to open up God's word and go, oh, look, look at, there it is. 
And, uh, and, and one of the things that I want to do this morning is just reach out to uh, an older generation. If you are older than me, I'm 37 years old. If you're older than me, I want your ears to perk up and I need you to listen because God has a word for you. I want you to hear the challenge from God's word that you are to be a part of impacting the next generation that follows you. I've talked about it before. It's one of those things. uh, We have to live a legacy in order to leave a legacy, don't we? We have to live the legacy in order to leave the legacy. And there's a lot of people in my life uh, who have lived a legacy and left a legacy with me. And perhaps for you, uh, there has been some of those folks. I I remember one of them uh, is Marvin E. Marvin uh, uh, was a a kind of a fill-in youth minister when I was a kid. Uh, Marvin stood about five foot, half inch tall. He was not a very big man in stature, but he was big in his faith. And and he, he opened up Scripture with me, and in the ways of my faith that were so incredibly shallow, he really challenged me to deepen that and gave me a perspective about eternity uh, and, and, and not living for this world uh, that will never be replaced. And he lived a legacy for me and left a legacy with me. I remember a little later on when I, I went to college, uh, there was one of the professors there, and he came in my sophomore year, and, and we became friends, and we had him over to our house, and, and, and in turn, uh, he had us over to his house, and we got to sit with his bride and, and their family, and I remember so clearly uh, uh, having him and his bride sit down on a bed with their three children and just simply open up the Bible and begin to pray with their children, and I thought, man, that's the kind of father that I want to be. And I thought, man, these are the kinds of things that legacies are made out of. I remember Rich Milliken, the president of a Bible college, having these young married couples come into his house regularly. Uh, Year after year, he'd invite us over on on Monday nights, and we'd eat together, and we'd open up Scripture together, and we'd try and figure out, how is it that I'm supposed to be married and do that really well? And he would open up his life and, and uh, open up their home. And, and I thought, man, that's it. Those are, those are the kind of people that I want to be. And in living that legacy, he was leaving a legacy for me. Have you had those kind of people in your life? Those people through, throughout your life that have consistently poured into you and they've shared their experiences with you. And in doing so, they have left that kind of legacy for you. If you're older than me, if you're a grandparent, if you have some life experience under your belt, then this message is for you. Because Scripture is going to grab you this morning and ask you a really profound question. The first question it's going to ask of you is, who is behind you? The second question it's going to ask is, How are you going to leave a legacy with them? Who's behind you? What's the next? Who 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 of the next generation are you pouring into right now? Who of another stage in life that's different from your own are you are you taking time to invest in? 
And how are you going to get there? This morning, I want to focus in on that second question. How is it that we live and leave a legacy of our lives? The The text, God's Word, is not empty on this topic in fact, uh, Paul tells us that uh, there's this guy, and his name is Timothy, and, and, and for Paul, this guy is a, a son in the faith. I mean, he's really close. They have this close kinship kind of a relationship. Uh, we get an understanding that, uh, that, that, that Paul has poured his life into Timothy, and Timothy is supposed to go and pour his life into other people. The problem is that, that Timothy uh, finds himself discouraged. He's not quite sure if he's going to be able to continue on doing the sorts of things that, uh, that, that Paul expects about him, and, and, and he has been corresponding back and forth while Paul's been in prison, and, and here is, is Timothy, and he's struggling. And Paul writes words of encouragement to him. And what we see there is how in the world we leave and live. A legacy of faith. Join me in 2 Timothy. I'm going to start in 2 Timothy 3, and I'm going to go back to 2 Timothy 1. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, and I'm going to go back to 2 Timothy 1. If you want to grab one of those pew Bibles in front of you, it's going to be on page 833. 2 Timothy 3. What we're going to begin to see is how in the world do we leave a legacy? We're going to see words of inheritance and words of faith. Look at verse 14 in chapter 3. As for you, you as Timothy, as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of because you know those from whom you have learned it. He's saying, hey, Timothy, uh, you know what's right. You know who taught it to you. Now go back to those things. And he says this, verse 15, And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, from infancy... From the time he was knee-high to a grasshopper, Timothy was having an opportunity to hear the Holy Scripture. Now, now who is doing that for him? Go back to chapter 1. Look at chapter 1 in 2 Timothy, verse 5. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded, now lives in you also. It all started with Grandma. In our house, Grandma is Nana, and Grandpa is Papa. Maybe you're a Nana. Maybe you're a Papa. Maybe you have someone of the next generation who thinks of you as Nana and Papa.
I've been reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. There is an inheritance, gang, that you have an opportunity to give that will impact the next generation. And so the question becomes, what kind of an inheritance will you give to the next generation? Isn't that the question? How will you leave a legacy? Well, you will leave a legacy of something. The question is, what will your legacy be? You're all going to give some kind of treasure. You're all going to give some kind of an inheritance. The question is, well, what will that inheritance be? Uh, Paul says of Timothy that, uh, that the inheritance that, that Lois gave to Timothy was a sincere faith. What kind of inheritance will you be giving to those who come behind you? Will you be giving an inheritance of money? Maybe of homes or cars or little knickknacks that have hung around your home. Or, or will the inheritance that you provide for the next generation be that of a sincere faith? Now, Lois is mentioned only here. You realize that? Like, we, we don't know really anything about Lois. All we know is that from the time Timothy was very small, she was sure to try and give him an inheritance of sincere faith. That's it. We don't have any accounts of Lois going into hospitals and raising people up. Maybe she did, but I doubt it. We don't have any accounts of her uh, walking into graveyards and saying, Lazarus, come, come out. None of that. We don't have uh, uh, any, any inkling that, that she stood uh, up in front of large crowds of thousands upon thousands and, and preached the gospel. Loudly and longly and open up God's Word so that everybody could hear it and understand. But what we do know is that she took her grandson and instilled a faith in him that would propel him to leadership in the church. I wonder... Generation boomers, generation busters, the great generation. Will you leave a legacy of sincere faith? And Psalm 78 says it seemingly so clear. Uh, Psalm 78 verses uh, 3 through 6 what we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from our children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power and wonders, all that He has done. 
He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our forefathers to teach their children so that the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Well, how do we do this? How is it that we leave an inheritance that keeps lasting that goes on for generation, uh, that's more valuable than those things that, uh, that may hang around our house. You see, Scripture talks about the things that we like to hold on to, and it says, you know, rust and moth will destroy those things, right? But what we're talking about is the kind of thing that lasts for an eternity, how will you allow there to be a sincere faith that's built up in the next generation? Now, 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 here's the hard thing. It requires of all of us who are looking behind us to the next generation, it will require of us some transparency and some vulnerability. These are two things that are hard, by the way. Transparency and vulnerability. Now, how many of you have perfect marriages? Okay, there's one, there's one, there's a couple, good, Woo! I'm coming to you. I'll be over later, John. You see, none of us. And so what happens is uh, we pull out our marriages and we lay them out on the table and we know all the mistakes that we've made. We know all the stupid things we've done. We know all the, uh, the bad choices that we've made in our marriage. And, and maybe, uh, maybe we're not even on our first marriage. Maybe we're on our second marriage. Maybe we're on our third marriage. Maybe we had two failed marriages and we're afraid to even talk to the next generation about marriage. And you're sitting there thinking, I have nothing to offer the next generation when it comes to marriage. Can I encourage you with something? You're the perfect people to talk about marriage to the next generation. But remember what it requires of you. Transparency and vulnerability. Because you can begin to say, now here are the things that you have to do better than I did. Here are the things that I want you to learn. Here are the conversations that I want you to have. Here are the questions that I want you to ask. And so here's how it happens. You're looking behind you. You're looking for those men and women that are coming behind you. And you simply just say, hey, I, I think that we need to sit down for lunch. Oh, and by the way, when you say, I think we need to sit down for lunch, it's your responsibility to pay, okay? <laughs> it's your responsibility to pay. And you don't have to come. Knowing every piece of Scripture there has to be on marriage, all you have to do is say, you know what, I, 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 just, I want to talk to you about life and marriage and how we can do this together. And you pour your life into someone else and life and the reality of life and faith become integrated into one. Maybe, maybe it's not even marriage. 
Maybe it's parenting. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe you notice that uh, there are some next generation parents that are coming up and they have young children and, and, and they're trying to figure out, like, how do I manage the chaos that seems to be my home all the time? And you, you who are older, you who have had children in your home, you who have had an opportunity to make mistakes, it's you. It's you who has this opportunity that is so golden to say, I am going to allow my faith to be integrated with my parenting and I'm going to pass that on to the next generation and I'm going to be honest about and transparent and vulnerable about the good and the bad and the ugly and I'm going to come alongside of people and we're just going to sit down. And it's not going to be rocket science. You see, you have, you have great, unique experiences. And guys like me need to hear them. I need what you have. And so for me, and for those of the next generation who are in this room, will you, will you take your faith and the life experiences that you have had an opportunity to go through, and will you take those to the next generation? So that someday it will be said of you, I know of your sincere faith that lived with your mentors, that lived with your coaches, that lived with your grandparents or great-grandparents. And we can do this, gang. And you can do it in your marriages, and you can do it with parenting, and you can do it with money. Is money an issue for anybody? Do we ever talk about finances? Is that ever a, a hot-button topic in your house? And there's an older generation that's gone, oh, man, if I could just go to the next generation and help them figure out how to deal with money better. And maybe it's your career, and maybe it's your academics, and maybe it's your education, and maybe it's how you've had to deal with pain. All of it, all of it, comes to the crossroads of our faith and who God is and what He stands for. And you have an opportunity to engage the next generation. How do you do it? You just sit down. You walk across the room. And you sit down with the next generation. And you say, hey, hey, let me tell you about my life and what I've learned. And then you can say, here's what God's taught me. If you want to leave a legacy of faith, you have to be willing to live a legacy of faith. Are you ready to do that? Get in the conversation. Let's pray. Gracious God, I thank you for your goodness. I pray for all of us that we can figure out how to pass the torch to the next generation. That we could be about leaving legacies of faith. 
I love you, Lord. Guide me to do what your word instructs. You're good to us, thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.